0: Welcome to Energy Matters to You, February 7th, 2018 edition. The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. My name is Leo Ryan. I'm here with my co-host, Ron Galuli. Ron, good to see you.
1: Great to see you, Leo, and thank you for the uh, warm
0: welcome to the World Headquarters of Energy Matters to You. This is the World Headquarters we're recording from. So we've had a really interesting guest today to talk about a really hot topic in Massachusetts, and that is energy usage in the cannabis industry. So as you know, Massachusetts is one of a handful of states that have passed legislation to allow for the use of, uh, of medical marijuana and, and the growth within the state. And what I want to talk to you about is what the, what the utilities perspective is relative to a growing industry, uh, not meant to be a pun, but clearly the cannabis industry is one that's growing and it's a big power consumer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In the last two years, there's been e- explosive growth as far as cannabis growth facilities starting in Massachusetts. And, you know, they're very energy intensive with the lighting, the dehumidification, the cooling. And what it's done is the utilities are very concerned because it's adding adding serious load to their system. And it could be concentrated on specific feeders, et cetera. So they're very concerned and they've taken the steps to work with these
0: facilities, you know, with their energy efficiency programs to try to mitigate that growth in the load. And what kind of things are you seeing the utilities doing to educate that marketplace and be involved in it?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the few facilities that we've been involved in, we've seen a shift where the growers were reluctant to go to LED lighting, where we're seeing that shift okay. with where they're, where they're going to LED lighting. And we've seen some growers make some serious mistakes where they didn't really, or, or at least the contractors they were working with, didn't really understand how the grow facilities impacted the HVAC and they were throwing more dx or direct expansion equipment to try to overcool the air to dehumidify it when they really needed to address the dehumidification first and then size the systems appropriately after that so we see them become more f- sophisticated in that regard addressing the the humidification issues so they're jumping on the bandwagon as far as working with the utilities and trying to secure
0: incentives to, to put in that equipment to make them more efficient. Right. And these are complex spaces. You mentioned lights and temperature and humidity, and they're running 24-7. Very complex.
1: And the fact is, you know, if you start to get mold, you can lose a lot of crop very quickly, very easily. So it's it's very critical. Yeah. And that's
0: a huge financial burden. You lose a crop to, to mold exactly. or something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. Good. It reminds me of the data center days back about almost 20 years ago, We you're seeing these speculative facilities – Pop up
0: the server farms, yep, right, exactly, exactly, right, so now we have a different kind of farm, another yeah. indoor farm <laughs> so so today we have Sam Milton, who's the president of a consulting group called Climate Resources group, and um, Sam has uh, has some broad experience around energy efficiency. we'll let him introduce that, but he's really made a focus on understanding the cannabis space, who the players are, where the gaps in knowledge are, and um, he's pulled together a network of experts to help consult in that space. And so we're going to welcome Sam and have him walk us through uh, Climate Resources Group and what they're doing in the cannabis space. Sam, welcome.
2: Thank you, Leo. Pleasure to be here. Hello,
0: Ron. Hi, Sam. So, Sam, let's get started with uh, a little bit of background on Climate Resources Group. You've got a consulting practice. Can you tell me a little bit about the history and the sectors that, uh, that CRG serves?
2: Absolutely yes. So, so I formed uh, Climate Resources Group about a year ago. I've been in the energy efficiency and renewable energy uh, world for 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 a number of years, and really kind of looking at a, at, a, at a high level, trying to think about, you know, how does public policy help influence businesses' decisions around their energy use, and energy consumption, um, and kind of what are the sorts of levers that uh, the policymakers have to to drive those changes? And after a number of years kind of being in in this the the higher level. Uh, looking at this, I decided that, listen, there's a lot of ways that businesses can be better informed about the sort of ways that they can reduce energy use um, and help kind of reduce their carbon footprint. So in the way that I've been addressing this with my clients, uh, it's helping them to understand uh, the incentives out there, the programs that um, agencies have, and utilities offer, um, and really helping them to identify some financial ways that they can you know, make the most of these opportunities. Um, but then more recently, I've been really looking at the cannabis space uh, here in Massachusetts, uh, as, as you mentioned. It's really coming up very quickly, and we're going to have an enormous industry on our, on our footsteps in the next few years. So I just kind of really wanted to think about, you know, how we can help, you know, this industry specifically uh, reduce the energy load. Because, as you mentioned, it's, it's going to be substantial, and utilities are starting to worry about it.
0: Yeah. So, Sam, before we get specific about the cannabis space, there's a lot of other Industrial sectors in Massachusetts that uh, are large energy users. You think Ron mentioned the the data center space, laboratories, are another high intensity space? W- was there anything specific about cannabis and your background and direction towards policy that that drew you to that space uh, to focus your energies?
2: Well, it's funny. It was really just kind of like a serendipitous sort of uh, moment where uh, I was uh, working with some folks who were based on the West Coast. Uh, so a number of years ago, I worked at uh, uh, Conservation. Services Group, uh, which some of your listeners may know as the folks that run uh, efficiency implementation uh, programs. So they'll they'll basically kind of go in and, and provide residences and, and companies with uh, energy audits and, and the like. So I was talking with uh, one of my counterparts from the West Coast and the utilities that he had been working with um, have been dealing with this load um, from uh, indoor farming um, for a number of years. And they were really starting to see you know some of the the practical impacts of this industry um you know, you know affecting their load and their distribution network um and it's something that they were worried about and so we just we started talking and it became clear that uh, out here uh, we even have a more serious issue to deal with um, because there probably will be more um more dispensaries uh we're going to see uh we have more impact on the on the grid because our grid is is more fragile um we have like, a higher carbon footprint um, carbon, higher carbon intensity rather uh, in our in our grid because the out west there's a lot of hydropower out here we have uh, more natural gas and, and fossil fuels and um, and so it was really just kind of it's a it was a meeting of the minds where we kind of realized that there's a real opportunity here to to help kind of make this industry as green as possible yeah and so to help people to be competitive
0: okay good Let, let's go back just a little bit to that uh, your west coast contacts and that serendipitous conversation that had you focusing in this area. Specifically, what, what, were the, what were your folks saying about the impact to the load? How significant was it? What kind of impacts were they seeing? And then were there any early learnings that they had that you wanted to, 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 to see implemented here in Massachusetts?
2: Well, I think the biggest issue that they were finding was that there was a stress on the distribution network. Um, and that there was competition for 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 space on that on that grid, and that was you know causing uh, a really you know um, premature need to uh, to upgrade uh, their infrastructure, um, which can be you know very costly, and they weren't quite sure kind of how to divide the, the cost, and the, the the planning around this load wasn't happening. So I think the utilities kind of really want to be more in front of this, um, and it's a delicate dance, right, because the utilities. You know, they, they understand that federally <laughs> yeah, the the cultivation of, of, of marijuana in particular is is not legal. And um, so they're very you know, they're reluctant to fully engage the sector. Right. Yet at the same time they really need to understand you know, the the unique characteristics of the market um and kind of what growers are looking for, and kind of and kinda of, you know, and, and how they're making decisions around the energy consumption. Um so there's a lot of learning that still needs to be done. Um, and I think one of the things that that West Coast utilities are learning is that it makes a lot of sense to uh, kind of really, you know, get as much data as possible around the sector. And, and we haven't done that out here as much um, because I think our utilities are still kind of figuring out, you know, how to engage the sector. Um, but I you think know, that that data acquisition piece is really important, and we're going to be seeing that I think coming up, you know, very soon.
0: Right. Yeah. And that data acquisition can help planners, the utilities in particular, reduce or redirect the stress that's experienced on the load. Now, Ron, you, you've had a lot of experience with the utility dealing specifically with, you know, with, with stresses and distribution and, 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 the con, and the prospect of rolling brownouts. Now, what are the particular issues that, the, you know, a grower or an owner of a facility might need to be familiar with or, or understand before siting and operating a facility?
1: Well, one of the questions they they need to ask the utility is, you know, is there a specific capacity uh where I want to build that facility or renovate that facility to accommodate a, a, a grow facility? So, you know, that is a key question. And sometimes you don't get a lot of good feedback from the utility when you ask that question. And they'll say, Well, you know, I need you to submit service requests with all the loads. And then, you know, if the system needs to be upgraded, we'll give you a price. Well, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 situation where you kind of need that price to, to help you evaluate where the best site uh, would will be so that you can uh, minimize your costs as far as the utility end. So it, it's a critical question. A lot of times, you know, you, if you know someone on the inside, they might be able to tell you right off, you know, there's some capacity on that feeder to accommodate, you know, X amount of megawatts uh, to be able to cite that facility mm-hmm. there.
0: And you think about all of the other factors that a potential investor or operator is, is weighing, right? The, the neighborhood location, the quality of the building, the access to workers, all of those are part of the, the calculus about whether or not a space is a good space or a bad space. Right. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you might get slammed with a
1: $500,000 construction advance to upgrade a feeder to support you. And you may not have
0: anticipated that cost. Right. So Sam, that's um, – a, a challenge that not only cannabis growers face, but anybody operating a large energy-consuming facility. Sam, why don't you talk to, to us a little bit about the unique challenges that that, that growers face uh, in this marketplace?
2: No, that's absolutely absolutely right. And you know, like you said, Leo, they they are facing all lot of these same challenges that that you know that high energy consumers kind of you know, do experience. Um, and the thing is that they're, they're they're typically. Uh, you know, they're, they're not thinking about energy consumption generally as a part of their, their operation. Um, they know that energy is an input in, term, in terms of their, their production process. Um, they're effectively recreating the sun in, indoors and using in conventional kind of indoor, uh, grow operations. We are seeing more and more movement towards greenhouses, but for the moment, let's stick with the, 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 the indoor warehouse style. Right operations. So, um, yeah, so they're not really they're, they're only kind of thinking about the energy cost. They're not really thinking about energy use. And as you mentioned, they're not always thinking about, you know, even if their ideal site, you know, has access to power, as you mentioned, Ron, um, this, this is a, this can be a costly and unexpected surprise. Um, and and it, it happens a lot. I think education is really a really important piece of the puzzle here for, for growers to really make sure that, that they understand kind of the, the implications of what it means to have a facility that has the energy use intensity of a, of a data center, um, because it really does create you know some unique problems that the other commercial industrial um, operations and don't have. And uh, you know, I, I, I and it's not just on the the infrastructure side, but in terms of kind of how their business operates and how profitable it is. You know, you're talking about an industry kind of where half of the the cost of their product is is embedded in the energy that they, they purchase and that they use. Um, so, you know, as their prices for the product goes down, which it will be as the market gets gets more saturated with the with, um, uh, with product, you know, they're going to see a greater portion of their cost be taken up by by energy. Um so it it really makes you know a lot of sense for them to be focusing on energy cost you know up front you know, while they're developing the facilities while they're specking out their equipment and you know, while they're, uh, they're, they're developing their you know their, their plan for the yeah. facility
0: so Sam, in your conversations with owners operators of the facilities, how important is energy in the list of things they worry about you know you you mentioned that you know as a percentage of the of the crops sale 50 half of it is tied up in, in energy i mean that's a big number so does does this have their attention as an area they should focus on
2: you know yeah it's, that's a good question and the unfortunate answer at least today is that it's really not anywhere on their radar um you know they're 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 really worried about permitting and getting a license to, to operate you know in a given i think a municipality um, that's a, a huge hurdle that many are facing, and uh, there's certainly you know no easy way for them to to get around that um, I'm certainly proposing that if they are energy forward and thinking about energy efficiency and and kind of their overall environmental footprint, that will give them an edge in permitting right. and that's kind of the that's kind of an um, you know a lever that we now have to get folks to think about energy um, but really it's very very low down their list um, at the at the moment um, amending it I think this will all change dramatically once their ability to make. A huge profit is is diminished by the fact that their commodity prices are going to be dropping at the moment. It's all about you know getting the permit and um, and getting up and running quickly, so they they can begin begin entering the market. And also just that you know there's, there's, there is kind of a capital cost issue uh, for these folks to be concerned about. You know which is natural, of course. I um, mean you know, they want to spend as little as possible, as, you know, to to you know begin their their production, um, but at the expense oftentimes of operating costs. Um but right now they're willing to make that trade-off, um, which is you know not great from an energy perspective by any means.
0: Now, Sam, you said that um, most of the the worry and the focus and the energy of the owner operators in the cannabis space is on getting their facilities permitted. And you you'd mentioned that maybe having a focus on energy efficiency and demonstrating that their site is going to be more efficient than someone else who's applying for a permit or that it fits within the utility's uh, distribution uh, capacity. Is there anything on the state right now that w- would give a, a better operating facility from an energy standpoint an edge in the permitting process?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's all in the process of being developed. So, so right now, as of February 7, 2018, uh, the regulations are are, are being written. I mean, in about a month's time, the Cannabis Control Commission, uh, which is the state authority that that is is charged with creating regulations for this industry, uh, they will be um, announcing the final regulations, and that's what they'll be proposing to the legislature. And and right now, there there are some some signals that that the Cannabis Control Commission is putting out there uh, to get people to think about energy efficiency. Um, There's a, a voluntary standard that growers... Uh, you know, can, can, can achieve if they're kind of going above and beyond. And that may or may not help. And there's language in the bill, thankfully, that directs the CCC to um, develop standards for for resource efficiency for facilities. So right now has you have to be seeing kind of what the standards look like. You know, they could be you know in name only and and fairly meaningless or I'm certainly hoping that they do provide a, a you know a true signal for growers to say, listen, you know, it's 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 important to the state that we have efficient facilities, it's important to our regional grid uh, that we have facilities that, that are efficient and, kind of, and don't use more energy than they absolutely need to. So in order to be compliant with the law, we'll have to have a certain percentage of, of green power, perhaps, or a certain um, uh, standard for the sorts of um, equipment technology that's in place. Um, but the real problem right now that I think that the policymakers are facing as they think about how to do this is that there is just so little data right now around the, the, the energy impact of a facility. Um, there's anecdotal evidence that these are very energy intensive, which I think most people would agree with. But uh, you know, actual real world data is so lacking that that really is kind of holding back a real uh, a, a, a deeper engagement around the energy efficiency piece. And we're seeing this in California, where I think there's definitely there's a general will to have energy efficiency standards for facilities, but uh, you know that data piece is really lacking. So so I've been working hard with the organization called the Resource Innovation Institute,
0: so that uh, which is based out- out-
2: that the Resource Innovation Institute.
0: Resource Innovations Institute. Okay.
2: Yep. Yep. And it's a, it's a nonprofit group based in, in Portland, Oregon. Um, but but Climate Resources Group is their the New England ambassador. Um, so what we've been doing is is developing a tool that will enable cultivators to input energy uh, data around their energy consumption um, and also other characteristics about their their grow operation. Um so they can get a better sense of how they how they can they compare to their peers and the, the idea is that you know after um, you know a you know a, a few months or or a year or two we'll have a a critical mass of data that can really inform policymakers moving forward um around kind of what specifically are the sorts of inter- interventions and measures that make sense to uh make these these facilities as efficient as possible
0: so Sam, you mentioned that there's uh there's bill language that's being developed by the Cannabis Control Commission and that aspirationally there's an element related to energy efficiency in there. And I wanted to, to get from you, Ron, what do you think the utilities role could or would be in this kind of policy or directive related to the, to the cannabis industry and energy usage? Sure. I, I, in California, I think they're seeing about a 3%
1: impact so, you know, if you take that 3% impact and apply it to Massachusetts, you know, the energy efficiency targets, I believe, are 2.5% to 3% of the revenue. So it completely negates what they've been doing. So it has a big impact
0: on the energy efficiency and the grid planning and the growth of the, the the local infrastructure. Right. So you have the Cannabis Control Commission putting together regulations and policy directives that they're much broader than energy. And I'm trying to figure out, will the utility likely step in and comment on this and participate in the, the CCC's um, establishment of regulations? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure, but I would think so.
1: Yeah. You know, I think they they should be a big part of that because they're going to have an impact on, you know, where these facilities could potentially be sited as well as impact as far as how they're built and to what energy intensity. Got it.
0: Sam, who are the people that are going to weigh in and, and direct the Cannabis Control Commission's policies?
2: No, I was about to, 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 to mention that uh, the, the law does uh, specify uh, the creation of this energy, energy and environment working group uh, for the cannabis kind of industry. Um, and that, that group hasn't been formed yet, as far as I know. Um, but the law says that it needs to be represented by folks from the DOER, the Department of Energy Resources, the Department of Environmental Protection, and the Department of Agricultural Resources. Um, so at, at least those three, plus somebody from the Cannabis Control Commission. But we're, we're hoping that that, that that working group does also include members of, uh, of industry, of uh, utilities, um, and of you know environmental organizations. Um, everybody that can come that, that has meaningful contribution to the discussion. Um, and uh, you know, at, at, at this point, as far as I know, it hasn't been formed. It's just a little bit uh, discouraging, given the, the short timeline that is still left for the, uh, the commission to come up with these regulations. But uh, but certainly, it's my it's my intention, you know, when this group is formed, to, to to fully engage them around these issues and to make sure that that really they understand that the state has a statutory obligation to be energy efficient and to reduce its its carbon footprint. Carbon emissions, and it's in, in this industry, really does. You represent maybe a threat isn't the right isn't the right word, but it really represents an opportunity to get in front of these regulations and make sure that that really you know it does not have a dangerous you know impact on the on these, these goals of the state.
0: Well, Sam, no doubt we could keep this conversation going for quite a long time, but we do try to keep it within a 15 to 20 minute format. So let me just ask you this, what are you going to be working on near term? And uh, who are the people that you'd like to connect with through a climate resources group? Or if, if there's listeners who, who want to be involved in impacting the, the cannabis industry's energy utilization policies, so give it, give us a, some responses to those.
2: Sure, absolutely. So first thing I think you're, we're, we're seeing a lot of New companies and new organizations, you know, coming into Massachusetts and and wanting to participate in the market, which makes a lot of sense. A lot of a lot of money here, and it's just yeah, you know, there's there's an attraction to the, the state in that regard. Um, I would I would certainly ask that, that folks who have um, experience, you know, in green building in energy efficiency, in industrial hygiene. Uh, can, can really kind of, you know, work with these prospective investors and prospective growers to make sure that the facilities that they're building are as energy forward as possible. Um, I think, that, you know, there's, there's a perception in the cannabis space that um, the, the old way of doing things is the only way to do things. But the fact of the matter is that kind of once, once you scale up to a larger production facilities, you know, you really do need a, a more comprehensive and a more uh, you know um, high performance kind of you know, way of thinking about how these facilities work, so I would certainly you know want everybody out there to be kind of you know working to uh, make facilities as, as, as um, high performance as possible um, so for for crg where we are we're we're working with grower clients to help them understand their opportunities um, and that includes kind of working with you know a range of different companies. Uh, that can you know provide you know those efficiencies and lower that that carbon footprint. Uh, we're working with with them to uh, reduce their their energy costs, to understand their utility bill, um, and to maybe find a more creative options for their power supply. We're working with them to identify technology upgrades or technology options that, that can really work for them, and also really you know beginning to help them think about their. Overall energy and environmental footprint. So do, doing some sustainability accounting, which I think will become more and more important as they need to position themselves in the marketplace as you know, a green sort of a sort of company. So um, that's that, that's kind of where we are. And I would certainly you know uh, you know come ask all your listeners to you know be, be thinking about how these pieces fit together. And as cannabis you know, countless companies you know um, look for ways to, to position in the in the marketplace, that um, they really do our, our our thinking about energy efficiency as much
0: as possible good well that's a that 's a very important list of, of things for people to focus on. I think uh, climate resources has a has a lot to offer in that space so Sam Milton from Climate Resources Group want to thank you for being part of Energy Matters to you. Thanks for joining us.
2: No problem, thank you so much. It was a pleasure
0: so I want to thank those folks who've taken time to download and listen to the Energy Matters to you podcast. We have um, six different podcasts up on the Podbean site. So if you go to Podbean and search for Energy Matters 2, you can find it. You can also find it through the LinkedIn profiles of myself, Leo Ryan, and Ron Galuli. And, and, Ron, there's a LinkedIn page that we've been posting. We have a LinkedIn
1: to- page as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good. So we've got a couple of nice guests coming up uh, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, folks from Clear Result are going to be with us, and, and YouSource are going to join us in, uh, in the month of February. So a little bit of energy. Right, we're back at it. Yeah, and as always, if you've got ideas or, or guests, please contact Ron or myself. I know you've got a couple of a couple of big meetings coming up where you bump into folks. That's right.
1: We we uh, will be at the uh, GlobalCon in March, and there's also uh, an Energy Storage um, Forum. That's sponsored by Mass Clean Energy Center, and I think it's Foley and Hogue in March.
0: Okay, yep. great. All right, we're looking for So we're, we always appreciate feedback, very interested in your suggestions for, for topics and guests. For Energy Matters to You, this has been Leo Ryan and Ron Galuli. There's work to be done, go make a difference.